0: Hello, I'm Andrew, and welcome to this week's edition of the Black Country Talking News for the 28th of February, 2024.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Black Country Talking News, brought to you by the sight loss charity Beacons. We're pleased to confirm that the Talking News is now available via Alexa. Once you've enabled the Talking Newspapers skill, all you need to do is play Talking Newspapers and ask for the Black Country Talking News. Our Talking News service is also available via the free Wireless for the Blind app. It can be found on the Beacon Centre website www.beaconvision.org forward slash talking dash news. As a podcast via services such as Apple or Spotify or as a free CD, simply contact Beacon Centre on 01902 880 111. We hope you enjoy this week's edition.
0: Reading for you this week, we have myself, Andrew, Angela, Ian, Christine, Helen, Pete, Mina, Mary, Simon, and of course, not forgetting, Flashback Roger. In this week's edition, we have an update from Beacon, including the Lifestyle Newsletter for March the quiz with Mina, we have the latest news for the Black Country. All the latest football news from Wolves and West Brom. A did-you-know section from Flashback Roger. Hopefully Mina can bring us a much milder forecast with the weather for the week ahead. And with modern advances in technology, we consider whether artificial intelligence robot dogs could really offer an alternative to real guide dogs. Now that sounds like a portal into the future. Back to the here and now. Local news to start with Ian, Christine, but first,
2: Angela. Dudley councillors have guaranteed the freeze on community grant funding will end after the current budget is approved. The surprise announcement was made at the Stourbridge Area Your Home Your Forum meeting last Wednesday. The funding was suspended while the council continues to seek savings in a bid to fight off having to declare itself effectively bankrupt due to a multi-million pound black hole in its finances. The Council's current savings plans for the next three years include the removal of discretionary grant funding per ward distributed via community forums. Conservative Councillor Ian Kettle told the meeting, There is a moratorium on hiring and money from forums is frozen until after the budget. The money will come back to us. It will be back. When asked whether that was guaranteed, Councillor Kettle responded, yes. The money is distributed to community causes by the local forums and the meeting heard it is vital for the future of one popular event. Starbridge Carnival organiser Dave Brownhill said, We have secured some funding but not enough. When will it be unfrozen? Without that money there will not be a carnival. Conservative councillor Dave Borley reassured that it would be released in June. Speaking after the meeting, Labour councillor Kat Eccles said, I am surprised they have given those assurances, given that we have not had the budget meeting yet. A lot of services will be in jeopardy. It is not going to be a pleasant time ahead. Full council will debate statutory recommendations from external auditors who say if more savings are not found, the authority will be in grave danger of running out of cash. Among the measures recommended by the auditor is a review to identify the minimum level of service the law requires the council to provide. In response, council officers are carrying out a review of spending controls and the authority's functions in line with the recommendations. Full council will vote on the budget for 2024-25 on March 4th.
1: A row has broken out over rubbish collections in Wolverhampton after thousands of bins have gone uncollected due to a new hardline policy. Residents deemed to be not properly disposing of rubbish in their bins were given yellow warning stickers and their bins were not emptied. Conservative councillors claim residents are furious about Wolverhampton Council's check before you chuck policy. The Tories claim 12,276 bins have been rejected over a -a two-and-a-half-week period, averaging 750 bins a day being refused, accounting for 9.6% of total bin collections. Conservative Councillor Wendy Dalton, who is Vice Chair of the Climate Change, Housing and Communities Scrutiny Panel, said The decision to reject so many bins in such an abrupt manner has caused great levels of distress to many residents, not least those in my ward. The sheer number of bins being refused will create a significant knock-on effect in the coming weeks as the backlog of rubbish finally gets collected. We call on the council to provide more clarity on the situation urgently to prevent more confusion and concern from all areas of the city as the collections continue. My fellow Conservative councillors are all unhappy with the step change, which is yet another example of this Labour-led group failing to communicate effectively with the people they're supposed to serve. Councillor Dalton says she backs the council's plans to cut costs and be greener, but believes it has been too heavy-handed with already stressed residents. She said... Although we fully support the need to reduce costs and address climate issues, the manner in which this has been addressed has been poor and we believe that giving people warnings or due notice that certain items were not included would have been a better strategy, with us all working together to reduce costs of recycling. However, Wolverhampton Council defended the Check Before You Chuck campaign and claimed it was already making a difference. Councillor Craig Collingswood, Cabinet Member for Environment and Climate Change said, Our Check Before You Chuck campaign has already made a big difference to recycling in Wolverhampton, with contamination rates falling from 24% to 18%. The improvement in the quality of recycling is resulting in financial savings for residents and having a positive impact on the local environment bin contamination costs the public purse £185,000 a year, money that could be better spent. We want to say our thanks to residents for their support, with more than 9 out of 10 households doing their bit to recycle right. City councillors and MPs have been regularly updated since December about the plans. We are pleased that residents are doing their bit to recycle better for their city. For more information about what you can and can't put in your bin, please visit www.warverhampton.gov.uk forward slash check
3: it. A dad of two has become the first patient to have a free lung MOT in the black country and anyone else who might benefit is urged to follow suit. Frank Farrell, 69, from Worley, attended his appointment on a mobile scanning unit this week after the Sandwell and West Birmingham NHS Trust introduced the testing as part of a national screening programme. Targeted lung health checks are aimed at current and ex-smokers aged between 55 and 74 and can pick up an early indication of cancer. People diagnosed at the earliest stage are nearly 20 times more likely to survive for five years than those whose cancer is caught late. Currently, it's being rolled out by the Trust to those who have a Sandwell GP. Speaking after his appointment, retired primary school teacher Frank said, Today was very straightforward. The process has been good and all the staff are welcoming. It's also been very efficient as the whole thing has taken around 30 minutes. I would recommend that if you get an invite, to take up your appointment. The CT scan is an early intervention to check the health of your lungs, which of course is good for the long term. Prevention is better than cure. People who are eligible will receive a text message inviting them to call the targeted lung health checks team. They will be asked a few questions and then be offered an appointment for further checks if needed. The mobile units where the tests take place are situated in easy to reach locations with the first being set up at Mecca Bingo in Oldbury. Dr Arvind Rajasekharan, who has been a respiratory consultant at Sandwell and West Birmingham NHS Trust for 17 years, said, The check is like an MOT for your lungs and is carried out by specialist nurses. These checks can help to spot any problems early, often before you even notice that anything is wrong. If a problem with your breathing or lungs is found early, treatment could be simple and more successful. Your lungs work hard every minute, so it's really important that you get them checked out as you get older. To find out more about TLHCs, visit swbh.nhs.uk slash services slash lung health hyphen checks.
2: Next, we hear from Helen, who, as usual, has our latest Beacon update.
4: Hi, everyone. It's Helen back with your weekly Beacon update, and I hope you are keeping well. First up this week, I have got news of a paid research opportunity. UCLPAL in partnership with Guide Dogs, invites you to participate in a focus group discussing the latest design trends in accessibility infrastructure. If you're over 18 and are blind or partially sighted, neurodiverse, have learning disabilities, or are a wheelchair user or live with a mobility impairment, they want to hear from you. Participants will receive £50 in Amazon vouchers for their time and travel. Contact pale at ucl.ac.uk to learn more and sign up. Now, next up are you looking for a new role? Well, we're on the hunt for an awesome head of retail to join our team. If you want to lead our charity's retail adventures, this could be the perfect role for you. Shape our strategy, make shopping experiences unforgettable and support an incredible cause all at the same time. You can find out more and apply on our website www.econvision.org forward slash jobs or give us a call on 01902 880 Now, we've been spreading some love during February by highlighting our befriending service. Together, we can combat loneliness and isolation. Are you interested in making a difference? Well, consider volunteering for our service. You can call someone at risk of loneliness from your own home and you only need to be able to give as little as half an hour a week of your time. As a volunteer friend of myself, I can tell you it's well worth it. Find out more, call us on 01902 880 or email inquiries at beaconvision.org. Now talking about volunteering, you can join us for some open days throughout March to discover the joy of volunteering with the Beacon Centre for the Blind. Whether you're passionate about making a difference or simply curious about how you can help, we welcome you to come along and learn more. Our open days will take place on the 8th of March in our Sedgley shop, the 14th of March in our Bilston shop and the 21st of March in our Wolverhampton Clearing Centre, all of which will run between 10am and 3pm. To find out more, email people at beaconvision.org or call us on 01902 880111. That's it for this week. I'll be back again soon with another update. Bye bye.
2: Thanks for that update, Helen. Next up, we have another block of local news. And up first, we hear from Christine.
5: An
1: international architectural competition to design a diverse and creative neighbourhood at the heart of Wolverhampton has been announced. Social impact developers Capital and Centric, working in collaboration with City of Wolverhampton Council on the landmark St George's site, have teamed up with the Royal Institute of British Architects for the competition, which is set to launch soon. It will see a short list of architecture practices put forward their initial ideas for the five-acre plot with the challenge to incorporate the existing Grade 2 listed church as a centrepiece of an aspirational, diverse and playful neighbourhood that will act as a further catalyst for the transformation of the city. They will be tasked with incorporating a melting pot of homes, community facilities, accommodation for businesses, as well as verdant public spaces. A key tenet of the brief will be encouraging well-being, health and a distinct sense of identity and place that stands out from the crowd. Reba's competitions are aimed at delivering some of the most inspirational and outstanding designs. The project comes amid concerns over a lack of redevelopment on the site for nearly a decade. Council leader Stephen Simkins said that while the centrally located scheme was a centrepiece of plans for the city, vision must ultimately expand to incorporate districts such as Bilston, Wensfield and Tettenhall. Hall. It is really important that we take a whole city approach, he said, of regeneration ambitions. A leading architect will be appointed to oversee the competition soon, with REBA and Capital & assembling a panel of experts to judge the applications. Four practices will be shortlisted from the initial applications, which will each get eight weeks to design their vision with input from the panel. Capital and Centric also plans to showcase the finalists' designs at a local event where the city's residents will be able to have their say on what grabs their eye. The winning design will form the basis of the St George's Master Plan, with planning applications to follow later this year. Wolverhampton Council leader Stephen Simpkins said, The last time we worked with partners on a design competition, it resulted in the delivery of the iconic I-9 office building, home to the Government's department for levelling up, housing and communities. We now want the St George's scheme to become the design and quality benchmark for future developments in the city and I expect to see a high standard of entries for this game-changing opportunity. As part of our ambitious regeneration plans, St George's can provide an inclusive, safe and sustainable new district that will generate new opportunities and jobs, bringing underutilised assets back into community use and, importantly, deliver much needed new homes in Wolverhampton City Centre.
2: More training programmes will be run across the West Midlands after funding of £27 million was announced. The boot camps will help to upskill at least 6,000 people in industries like manufacturing, along with creative sectors where demand for workers is high. West Midlands Combined Authority, WMCA, said the scheme would be free of charge for residents within the region who wanted to get better qualified. Mayor Andy Street said he was determined to support all of the sectors, despite the problems that Birmingham City Council was facing. We still have to think about the future of our regional economy and people have to think about where their jobs are going to be in the future, he said. The WMCA said the government funding was the largest of its kind in the UK and was almost double the £15.5 million received for the boot camps last year. Logan Powell is taking part in a theatre technician boot camp at Wolverhampton Grand Theatre, which benefited from the previous funding. He said the course, which runs for 12 weeks, has taught him many skills like learning how to rig theatre lights. The first week my brain was just frazzled in the best way. I learnt so much, he said. WMCA said the boot camps have been designed to meet the needs of businesses in fast-growing sectors where the demand for skilled workers was highest. People who live in the area covered by the West Midlands Combined Authority can attend them free of charge. Councillor George Duggins, leader of Coventry City Council said, This substantial funding will enable us to continue and further develop an offer for people to retain and upskill, supporting our aim to create a talented workforce and further strengthen the backbone of our region's economy.
3: Global electric car giant Tesla is set to bring scores of jobs to the black country as it is planning to build a major new regional hub that will be a centre for servicing for the whole region. The 18,000 square metre site will be created on a major plot of land at the University of Wolverhampton Science Park. It is considered a perfect position because of its proximity to junction 2 of the M54. The move by Tesla cements the region's reputation as a skills base for battery-powered cars. The Science Park site is only a short distance from the Jaguar Land Rover's I-54 engine plant, which is being transformed into a battery car plant, with electric units being transported to the factory and then fitted into cars. Tesla, which has its headquarters in Austin, Texas, has been given approval to make external alterations to the recently constructed unit, on which work started in September 2022. Alterations to the arrangement of the outside parking area at the 18,000 square meters site will see parking increased from 98 to 269 spaces. A wash bay for cars is being installed along with a series of post and wall-mounted EV charging points. There will be significant space for servicing as well as a new showroom and IT centre. The United States company owned by Elon Musk has been given the green light to open up in a building on the former gas holder site at the University of Wolverhampton Science Park in Mammoth Drive just off Stafford Road. In a statement to planners kevin Ayrton of elg planning acting on behalf of tesla said these changes are required as part of the company's proposal to occupy the building tesla are an innovative industry leader in the development of electric engines solar and integrated energy solutions and one of the most valuable companies in the world they are at the cutting edge of the knowledge industry as one of the earliest developers of electric vehicles Their profile and operation fully complement the technology-focused business park at Wolverhampton Science Park. The Tesla Center building will also include a showroom, IT room, collision workshop and body shop.
2: Now it's time to test your knowledge as we have the quiz questions for this edition, brought to us by Mina.
6: Hello and welcome to this week's Flashback Quiz. All the answers you need can be found later in Flashback Rogers' Did You Know feature. But for now, these are your questions. Here we go. Question 1. How long is Lent each year? Question 2. What did the word Lent mean in Middle English? Question 3. Which food is most often given up for Lent? Question 4 What is the national flower of Wales? Question 5 What is another name for the daffodil? And finally question 6 What is the name of the cake traditionally eaten at Easter? I will be back with you later in the show to give you all the answers. But for now, best of luck!
2: Cheers for those questions, Mina. Hmm, I'll get my mind working on them. Up now, however, is another block of local news.
3: Nearly £52,000 in funding has been secured to spruce up outdoor gyms at nine parks in the Black Country. It has come from the government via the UK Shared Prosperity Fund, U.K.S.P.F. Work will be carried out at Mary Stevens Park in Stourbridge, Hunting Tree Park and Horn Rec in Hales Owen and Stevens Park in Quarry Bank. Equipment will also be upgraded at Netherton Park and The Dell in Briley Hill, Buffery Park in Cates Hill and Silver Jubilee Park and Clayton Park in Cosley. The work will see faulty or worn-out parks on machines replaced, along with instructional signage on how to use them. Work has already started and is expected to be complete by the end of next month. Councillor Ian Bevan, Dudley Council's Cabinet Member for Public Health and Wellbeing said, Some of the equipment on our outdoor gyms is now 15 years old, and because they are well used, they have naturally deteriorated over time. I therefore welcome the opportunity to refresh and repair the equipment. The equipment encourages healthy physical activity and most importantly is free to use for anyone. Having new refurbished equipment will hopefully attract more people to try it out for the first time. Spring is just around the corner and this is a great motivation to try something new.
2: Remember last week, we looked at the critters and creatures that begin to venture out as we move into spring. Well, what have we got for you this week? How about some lions, a tiger and a crocodile? You'd be forgiven for thinking I'm scrolling through the inhabitants of the region's favourite Dudley Zoo. Quite remarkably, these are actually amongst the dangerous wild animals which are being kept as pets in Staffordshire, new figures show. Wildlife charity, the Born Free Foundation, found that exotic and deadly animals are lurking within the county through freedom of information requests sent to councils in the area. In the UK, many exotic animals are governed by the Dangerous Wild Animals Act of 1976. This law establishes what is known as a negative list of all the animals that people are prohibited from keeping. However, under this law, members of the public are able to apply for a licence to keep almost any dangerous animal from the list, provided they have the means to keep it and prevent it from escaping. The figures revealed there are three mammals, a tiger and two lions, covered by dangerous wild animal licences in Cannock Chase. In the Staffordshire moorlands, there were licences for two Bactrian camels while dangerous wild animal licences covered a caiman crocodile, western rattlesnake, snouted cobra and king cobra in Stoke-on-Trent. The wildlife charity's research found thousands of wild animals are owned privately across Great Britain and it is now calling for improved regulation. Chris Lewis, Born Free's captivity research officer, said The Dangerous Wild Animals Act was intended to make the keeping of such animals, categorised as dangerous, a wholly exceptional circumstance. However, Warnfree's ongoing research paints a very different picture. He said regulations on the keeping and trading of wild animals kept as pets are in urgent need of review. Across
1: Great Britain, the charity found over 2,700 dangerous wild animals were licensed to be owned privately. They include more than 200 wild cats and 250 primates. It estimates that there are also 400 venomous snakes kept in British homes, more than 10 times the number in zoos. Dr Mark Jones, the charity's Head of Policy said, It is unbelievable that in this day and age, so many dangerous animals, including big cats, large primates, crocodiles and venomous snakes, continue to be legally kept in people's homes in the UK increasing demand for and trade in all kinds of wild animals as exotic pets puts owners and the wider public at risk of injury or disease he added it also results in serious animal suffering and the demand increases the pressure on many wild populations which are often already under threat a department for environment food and rural affairs spokesperson said Anyone wishing to keep an animal under the Dangerous Wild Animals Act must be vetted and apply for a licence, which sets out conditions on caring for the animal. We keep this legislation under regular review to ensure it remains effective in keeping the public safe," they added. They said the government increased the maximum prison sentence for animal cruelty to five years in 2021 and added it is currently bringing forward legislation to prohibit primates being kept as domestic pets. Now from a walk on the wild side to a walk on the wired side. Many of us love guide dogs and their patter of tiny paws, but could that soon become the patter of tinny paws? As scientists are working on developing robot guide dogs to support visually impaired people who may not be able to have a guide dog, could AI robot dogs really offer an alternative to real guide dogs? With a piece that has been written by Soundings contributor Fiona, here's Amanda to tell
7: us more. TNF Soundings. Features from across the UK.
5: Hello, this is Amanda with an article written by Fiona titled The Patter of Tiny Paws. Are robot guide dogs on their way? Thanks to work being done by scientists and technicians, people with visual impairments may soon be able to rely on assistance from a new kind of companion, a robotic guide dog. Those who love their guide dogs needn't worry about them being made redundant, however, as researchers appreciate that nothing quite beats a furry pal with a waggy tail. They do hope, though. technological advances could provide an alternative where guide dogs are unavailable or when other factors such as allergies, work, housing or lifestyle make having a guide dog impossible. The challenge to develop a robotic guide dog has been taken up by scientists from as far afield as Zurich, Loughborough and New York State. Their work exploring the development of robotic guide dogs has built on the increasingly widespread use of robotic dogs in industries such as construction and manufacturing, where they are used for carrying or handling materials. Students at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Zurich have been working on bringing artificially intelligent versions of man's best friend to life. The RoboDog flagship project is being pursued by researchers at the institution alongside other similar AI innovations that would aid the production of autonomous cars and flying drones. The Swiss robot dogs are four-legged, with recognisable dog-shaped hind legs, a rather tubby midsection which encases the science bits, and a head with eyes, but no wet nose. Add an assistance handle and RoboDog is ready to lead you. The goal of the RoboDog flagship project is to help blind people navigate their everyday life, said PhD student Davide Ploza. Guide dogs cost a lot of money to train, and our aim is to develop a robotic system that is able to navigate autonomously in an unseen environment and guide blind people, avoiding obstacles. Over at Binghamton University in New York State, A robot dog which responds to tugs on its leash has been programmed by engineers from the computer science department. Assistant professor Shiki Zhang presented a demonstration in which the robot guide dog led a person around a lab hallway, confidently and carefully responding to directive input. In about 10 hours of training, these robots are able to move around, navigating the indoor environment, guiding people, avoiding obstacles, and at the same time, being able to detect tugs on the leash, Zhang said. Explaining some of the reasoning behind starting the project, he added, We were surprised that throughout the visually impaired and blind communities, so few people are able to use a real seeing-eye dog for their whole life. We checked the statistics, and in the USA, only 2% of them are able to do that, he said. Meanwhile, closer to home at Loughborough University, industrial design and technology student Anthony Camu has gone further by channeling a guide dog's function into a handheld robotic device for visually impaired people. To the layperson, it could be described as looking rather like a hairdryer. Anthony says his inspiration for the device came from virtual reality gaming and autonomous vehicles. He has named it Thea, after the Greek goddess of sight and vision. Although a prototype at the moment, Thea is capable of guiding users through outdoor environments and large indoor spaces with minimal user input. They is able to build a three-dimensional image of the surrounding environment. It then uses this, much the same as a self-driving car, to determine the best, safest path to take. Speaking to Polytech Personnel's website, Antony explains that, after stating their intended destination via a voice command, users are then guided by Thea in much the same way as they would be by a guide dog. That's because Thea guides their hands using a form of force feedback, which is comparable to holding a guide dog's brace. As a result, users are literally guided in the right direction, with Thea tackling obstacles such as lifts, stairs, entrances, shops and pedestrian crossings along the way. If your interest is piqued, and you would like to find out more about robotic dogs, they will be showcased at the International Conference on Robotics and Automation in Yokohama, Japan in May 2024. You heard it here, first.
8: TNF Soundings
2: Up next, it's Trivia Time, brought to us by Flashback Roger and his Did You Know feature. Take it away, Roger.
1: monthly sessions. A little bit of housekeeping to begin with. A few reminders that we will no longer be invoicing for any sports, social or community activities. We now have a card machine, float and online payment system to allow you all to pay when you book on or attend an activity. Any non-attendance without prior cancellation will be charged. Please ensure you have cash, or a card available to pay for activities when you book or arrive at an activity all transport costs will still be invoiced
2: on wednesday the 6th of march it's mary's movement class a seated or standing class working the whole body with cardio weights and strength to your ability it's fun and friendly with your music choice 10:30 to 11:30 am based in the gym at beacon the class cost is 4 pounds 50 Also, this month, on Thursday, the seventh of March, we have a very special guest joining us for the book club meeting in the residence lounge at the Beacon Centre, Sedgley, from the new start time of ten thirty a.m. until twelve o'clock, and at a cost of two pounds. Do listen out for further details about this fabulous activity later in the Lifestyle newsletter. Friday, the eighth of March. Walking around the canals and railway line in Wombour This walk is on pavements, grass, hills and uneven surfaces and should take approximately 2 to 3 hours. The activity cost is £2. Minibus cost is £5, leaving Beacon at 10.30am and returning at approximately 230 to 3pm. If you are meeting us in Wombourne. Please head to the Railway Café Station Road, Wambourne, WV5, 9AD. Free car parking is available, weather permitting. Monday the 11th of March, we shall be running another new circuit class at Beacon Gym. The session will run from 11am to 12 and will allow for use of all gym equipment with a fun circuit included. Get set for an enjoyable, loud and sweaty gym session. The cost is £4.50 per person. Wednesday the 13th and Monday the 25th of March Swimming at the Burt Williams Centre Bilston WV140EF 10.45 to 11.45am We have a private lane just for beacon users. All abilities are welcome. The activity cost is £6.00. The minibus cost is 5 pounds and it departs at 10:15 a.m. and returns at 1 p.m. Lockers are 1 pound or a trolley token. Friday the 15th of March. 10 pin bowling at Castlegate Dudley, DY1 4TA. 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. All abilities are welcome with a friendly and fun atmosphere for social bowling. Trip cost is £2. Activity cost is £6.45 for two games paying at the bowling alley on the day. Minibus costs £5 and departs at 10.30am and returns at 2pm. Invoiced by Beacon. Thursday the 21st of March. We have our second pop-up cinema event in the residence lounge at the Beacon Centre for the Blind. The activity cost is £5. Popcorn, chocolate and sweets are provided. Transport to and from the centre is also available. This month's film is Chicago. Friday the 22nd of March, walking around West Park, Wolverhampton, WV1 4SQ. From 11am to 12 for a leisurely walk and 12 to 1pm to catch up in the cafe. Take it at your own pace and complete your chosen distance on a paved flat route. We'll meet at the Connaught Road gate entrance. The activity cost is £2. Minibus costs £5 and departs at 10.30am, returning at 1.30pm. Invoiced by Beacon. Volunteer guides are available, weather permitting. All activities must be booked in advance with Mary by calling 01902. Eight eight
9: oh one one one. What's on this month? Well, the rematch is on, as Beacon's bowling team will be striking for glory once again when they take on the green team for a second encounter. When we got the ball rolling in November, Beacon won 2-1, and we all sure did have so much fun. So here we go again. So it's good luck to Andy, Kyle, Lisa, Stephen, Rose and Neil. And we'd also like to say a massive thank you to everyone who attended the pop-up cinema in February. We had a fabulous time watching The Greatest Showman with the audio description. Just a quick recap to remind you that the cinema will be coming to Beacon every month for the next six months. So if there's a film you would like to recommend being projected onto the big screen, please do forward your suggestions to Mary. This month, we shall be enjoying the musical Chicago, which will also be shown with audio description. And of course, there's plenty of popcorn, chocolates and snacks too.
4: VIP Group. We are a group of working age people and or people who live independently with sight loss that meet once a month for a social gathering. We're a friendly bunch that likes to try new activities, build friendships and encourage others to live life to the full.
10: The VIP group on Wednesday the 27th of March. She'll be making y'all off as we introduce Marlene, a black country comedian, to the lighthouse restaurant at the Beacon Centre Sedgley. Marlene is also known as the black country wench. She was born in Qualibonk and enjoys telling jokes and witty stories about life growing up. She just loves being funny. Nothing new there. That's the way she is. The activity cost is £3, starting at 6pm and finishing around 8pm. So please do come and join us for some fabulous fun and laughter. Beacon Book Club. We have a very special guest attending Beacon Book Club this month. Michael Braccia. He's a local published author from the West Midlands. Michael has written three books and is currently working on book number four. One of his books is based on the serial drama that some of you may listen to. Look out for more exclusive interviews and exciting listens from Michael and his partner Leslie in the forthcoming editions of the Talking News. He is also one of the members of Second Chance, an acoustic duo that perform locally. Michael will be joining us to tell us his story, how he got into writing, and hopefully inspire some new writers amongst us. Book Club is Thursday, the 7th of March, half past 10 till 12, £2 in the residence lounge. Free tea and coffee and biscuits.
7: If you're struggling with reading and need a magnifier, have you ever considered a video magnifier or sometimes known as a digital magnifier? Well, Beacon have a range of video magnifiers that you can come in and try now a video magnifier you can increase or decrease the magnification so you can turn it up a bit or you can turn it up quite a lot to help you read you can change contrast settings on a video magnifier so you can look at something in true color or you could change the contrast to black on white or white on black or yellow on black or black on yellow it's whatever works best for you so there's a range of combinations there that you can try to find the right one you can also freeze images on a video magnifier. So let's say there's um, something in your fridge, piece of some food. You could take a little picture because the angle's a bit difficult to read of it, and then bring the magnifier away and then zoom it up. So if it's something like the sell-by dates or ingredients on food, you can read it comfortably there. So video magnifiers range from small handheld magnifiers you can sit comfortably in an armchair to read with, up to medium sized ones which are about the size of laptops, and then there's desktop magnifiers with big large 24 inch screens, which really make magnification strong. So if you would like to try a video magnifier to see if that would help you, you're very welcome to. Just call Beacon's Sight Loss Advisors for an appointment. And remember, bring something you struggle to read with you. So if you'd like to try a video magnifier, give us a call on 01902 880 and ask for a sight loss advisor. 01902 880111.
1: you interested? In this month's are you interested section of the lifestyle newsletter we have got some exciting events lined up for April. To begin with just a reminder that we will be back at the new bridge on Wednesday 17th of April at midday so get ready for another yummy carvery. If you don't enjoy any chilies or peppers with your carvery hopefully you will have an habanero, habanero to practice some archery on Thursday 11th of April. We shall be heading to Wolf Mountain in Wolverhampton for this activity and it will run from 12 noon until 1pm. The cost for the archery is £14.40 which you will be required to pay at the centre on the day. To note there are limited numbers available for this and the booking is being held until 1st of April. If you are interested, you will need to pay Mary £5 before this date to reserve your place. And there's a blooming marvellous way to finish the month, as we will be making our first garden centre visit of the year on Tuesday 30th of April, as we head to Bridge North Garden Centre. If you have any suggestions for further trips to different garden centres in 2024, please do let me know.
10: Meet the Staff Fahima has worked as an employment officer for the Beacon Centre for the Blind for just over two years. Her role sees her providing employment and skills support for people with sight loss. This could involve supporting people to move closer to finding work by helping them access relevant training or education or assisting them in applying for work. It doesn't matter if someone is new to the workplace or wants to return after many years, she and her learning team can support them to achieve their goals. Fahima told us what I enjoy most about my job is the people I meet and the rewarding feeling I get in helping them to move a step close to something they really want to do. Outside of work she has lots of interests including going out, socialising with friends and family and her favourite thing to do is going for walks and enjoying some of the beautiful areas which are local to us. She added, please do get in touch if you require employment support. Even if you feel like barriers are stopping you from moving closer to employment, this is what I and the rest of the learning team can help you with. To contact Fahima or one of her colleagues in Beacon Learning to support you, call 01902 880 or inquiries at beaconvision.org.
4: Sedgley Lifestyle Centre. We are open Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from 10am to 3pm at our base in Sedgley. We run several activities each day including cookery, crafting, pottery, computer work, gym sessions, listening to music, quizzes and reminiscing. We keep well hydrated with tea, coffee and water and we have the restaurant to attend to for a hot meal if we don't bring our sandwiches with us. We are lively, fun and love to have a laugh. Why not come and join us for a trial day? Contact Beacon's reception and ask for more information. You can call us on 01902 880
10: or email inquiries at beaconvision.org. This month we share a truly beautiful photo of one of the lovely Valentine's Day's lavender bags. The small heart-shaped cushion made from a soft fabric with delicate pink patterns and a pink bow and button to match was part of last month's Valentine's Day celebrations. Our service users loved making them. VIP Queens Cross We are a friendly group of visually impaired people who enjoy socialising and welcome new members to join us. We meet on the first Friday of every month from 1pm to 3pm at Queen's Cross, Wellington Road, Dudley, DY1, 1RB in the café Plaza where drinks and refreshments can be purchased if required. Each month we have different activities, craft sessions, quizzes, guest speakers and meals out. There will be a fee of £3 for each session to help cover the running costs. This will be invoiced at the end of each month. On the 13th of March, we have a trip planned to Starbridge Glass Museum. We will be meeting each other there and then we will start the day with a guided tour and a touch tour. While we are there, we have a choice to have a buffet for our lunch. The day will cost each person eighteen seventy plus 70 plus VAT. Payment will need to be in by the 6th of March to secure your place. If you're interested in finding out more about attending the sessions, please contact Mina on 01902 880 111 or email msahota, m-s-a-h-o-t-a at beaconvision.org to book a place. And finally, just a quick reminder, there is still accommodation at Beacon Court. Beacon Court is located in Sedgley, just a short distance from Wolverhampton City Centre. We have parks, local shops and public transport links right on our doorstep, offering you comfort, security and convenience alongside the independent living and a wide variety of choices. Each home has its own front door, individual access card, two bedrooms, a store, a wet shower room, a lounge with kitchen and appliances, gas central heating, UVBC glazed windows. Beacon provides a 24-7 care team on site to deal with any emergencies 365 days a year and there's a pull cord in each apartment that you help raise an emergency. You also get a 30 minute a week wellbeing post call from either Suki or Amanda and they help go through things like your post, paying bills and just giving you some extra support. If you or you know of anyone else who might be interested, please call Bromford on 01902 882170 to speak to the scheme manager. Regarding getting in touch with Beacon, we have our website, which is www.beaconvision.org, Facebook at Beacon Centre, Twitter at Beacon Centre, Instagram at beaconvision.org, Our main address for the building in Sedgley is Wolverhampton Road East, WV46AZ. And don't forget, if you want to opt out of receiving this newsletter, please contact The Beacon on 01902 880 111. Have a fabulous month.